Welcome to Rule of Thirds, an offshoot of our Screen Refresh podcast. Our goal every episode is to take a little break from watching and analyzing movies to dive headfirst into some nostalgia. Ugh. We believe in you. Our goal, our, our, our goal every episode is to take a little break from watching and analyzing movies to dive headfirst into some nostalgia or just get a little creative. So every month we select a different topic and create a top three list that may or may not be near and dear to each of our hearts. Shoot us a message over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Screen Refresh or shoot an email at ScreenRefresh at gmail.com to let us know what your top three are or suggest future topics. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim, and joining us once again is David from The Screaming Brain. Do you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you shall not escape from death. Man, I just can't come up Wait, with anything. Wait, actually, holy shit. Never mind. I just reminded myself of a better boss fight that I want to do. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, when Tim said, we believe in you, Nick, before, all I could think of is like, it's a Leo Pluridon, Charlie. A magic Leo Pluridon. <laughs> Shun the non-believer. Shun. 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 Sure, our way to Candy Mountain. Candy Mountain, Charlie. <laughs> Oh, uh, good times. So, David, why do we find ourselves here today? Hey, I have something written. Oh, uh, Nick. No, what? Over to you. Wait, I start? Why do I have to start? Did your lack of potions get you down? Are you still trying to get good? Is your DPS pooping out at parties? Tonight, we're talking about our favorite, most memorable video game boss fights. So, spoilers ahead. We'll give you enough notice to go ahead and skip it. I'm not. I'm just going to say mine right cold. That's pretty good. I'm actually going to say two. No, you're, you're allowed one. <sighs> we don't get a runner-up no oh what if we mutually all agree on one (laughs) so so with this podcast it's specifically like this is our pen this is our actual ultimate favorite list of all time there are no seconds it's just the one people are not allowed to at us and it's just it's the set in stone we're only allowed one I don't care. <laughs> what, if, what if David and I have the same one that we want to talk about? What if David and I have the same one that we may want to talk about? It's more, it's more likely than that Nick and I match or either are very similar. Then who would like to go first? Do you want me to go up first? Sure. I'm down with that. So I'll say the one that I know is not going to be on David's list. So in 2004, while the Xbox was thriving, there was a game by Namco that when I was walking through an FYE with my brother one day, it caught our eye with its kind of... King Kong. <laughs> with it, the, the red Namco fist on the cover um, and a soundtrack by, I think, Trust Company. It is Breakdown. Open Pandora's box and release only. Success of this mission is more important than our lives. The fact of your knowledge is based on reality. Wake up! So Breakdown is a game that's entirely in first person, and it's this whole overarching sci-fi military story of somebody that gets injected with these kind of like, not I don't even know if it's alien, but some other substance to try to create a super soldier, and instead it gives them kind of like these psychokinetic powers. So you're using guns as you're working through it, but also you can do hand-to-hand combat, including like slide kicks and uppercuts and stiff arms and throw an energy blast and the final boss as Derek Cole faces off against this white-haired Sephiroth guy Solus 
um, as you just have like a nine minute slugfest of you going back and forth of just you're throwing kicks and punches. He's blocking them. He slide kicks. You jump over it. He throws energy blasts. You're running around him to strafe. And it was a super cool boss fight of not just being spam this. It was, okay, so I have all of these different like martial arts moves. How can I just get this guy in an actual fist fight? And it was the closest I've ever felt to an actual like fun back and forth martial arts fight in a video game. So Tim, I hate to say that this this feels this answer feels a bit like a cop out, but I I feel like if if there is a, a conversation about what is your favorite X in a video game, this is literally literally your game of choice for basically every category. <laughs> it's it's, like it's the great. The, the number of times I'd been to your house and you're like, you got to try this, you got to see this thing, you ha- you have to play this game, and you just break out this this classic Xbox game with the red fist, which I can picture so vividly in my head, <laughs> because like every time I was like, oh th- this game, you got to see it, this game that nobody's heard about and never made any money. Has anyone heard of this? Like, please, listeners, if you know the game breakdown on Xbox by Namco, like, please at us or whatever message us uh email us just that i'm not screaming into the void that breakdown wasn't some sort of weird psychotic break i had and it doesn't exist it's like one of those classic like ms dos games that you play and you're like when you're a kid you're like wow this this was so much fun i have so so many memories of this this incredible game and like no one has ever heard of it like ever and then like one day on youtube like late at night you're scrolling through these channels and like someone made a video on it once and you're just like oh it did exist and it says like uploaded 12 years ago and you're like and then you check and you find out that person's been dead for 13 years (laughs) that's interesting (laughs) i'm googling the game because i never heard of it and apparently there's a different cover art depending on what region you live in oh Ah. tim you got to collect them now it's gonna be your your new overly intensive hobby because then there's another one where there's like a leon kennedy looking guy from like original resident evil not the new one yep that's and he's doing the punch and he's got like lightning thing but then he's punching the, the logo of breakdown <laughs> i gotta say i love i love the concept of having a final boss that's just like some guy it's just like the final boss ted i mean in this case his name is solace He's the powerful Talon leader and avatar of the Nexus. Those are those are all sci-fi words that have that have been said in sentences before. <laughs> I mean, he you beat him the first like time. And, yeah, you beat him the first time, and then he stands up and he's like, oh, "Now for round two. And it has that font that looks like they took it directly out of like Vampire Night or a House <laughs> of the Dead like, game. The guy looks like Leon Kennedy, but it's like, guys, we can't make him look like Leon Kennedy. Uh, we need someone else. To, we need to make it look like somebody else. And the guy just decides to make him look like Tom Cruise instead. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what Leon Kennedy was basically based on? No. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't oh, no, look like t- Mission Impossible not... 3 Tom Cruise. I would say it not does. Tom Cruise. Um, and then Ellie uh, Larder is next to him. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's the hair. It's got to be the hair. Oh, yeah. That was Code Veronica that um, they had a change his look because he looked too much like leo i mean i get it it's it's confusing i mean i feel like you know maybe like eight years ago leonardo dicaprio could have played him in a movie and he still wouldn't have dated himself it's true i mean even now leonardo dicaprio doesn't look that old 
I mean, besides when he's getting mauled by a bear in the woods, but yeah. You know. <laughs> I heard they're making a sequel to that, and I'm like, how? Does he maul the bear back? <laughs> the bear comes back. The same bear. It's no, like they're going to make two route. It's going to be a bigger bear, and it's going to be three of them. Oh, I was expecting like it would be Tekken style. Like the bear gets on its hind legs, and they have a fist fight. <laughs> Tekken Tekken has no rules. <laughs> oh, so good. So breakdown two thousand four fighting Solus in a slugfest they live style. That's my thing. Tim, I think you can actually play this now. I think they added as backward, yeah, backwards compatible. Oh, because yeah, it, it's ten bucks on Xbox right now. Oh, and it says you can say, play it, it on it, Xbox One and Xbox Series XS. I was gonna say, is it on the Xbox like free streaming game thing? Yeah, it's not free, but it is on that uh, streaming service. It's worth every penny. Gone, but not forgotten. All the reviews too, five stars. Wow. Yeah. Old gold, old but gold, awesome. The wait is over. This needs a sequel. Six hearts, five stars. All out of ten. All only of ten. only <laughs> one negative. Only one negative review. I mean, it's amazing that like they never even never never even experimented again with that format of like a first person beat 'em up kind of thing. <laughs> the one I don't want to read the review itself, but the title is like gave me a breakdown instead. That made me laugh. <laughs> But all the rest of it, great game perfection. So, check it out. I will go next. You can wrap. So mine is going to be for Jedi Fallen Order. It's relatively new. I have a runner-up, but this actually thought of the runner-up as we were talking just now when you mentioned the the Slugfest. But um, my primary one is going to be for Jedi Fallen Order. So go ahead and skip ahead if you haven't played this one yet, because I know the new one just came out. But it's actually one of the uh, cameo fights that no one knew was in the game until pretty much at the very last like 20 minutes of the game itself. You're fighting the final boss. And it's the second sister, and she's the one of the inquisitors that's been hunting you through the whole game. You finally beat her, and then as the cutscene plays out, you start to hear footsteps behind her, like heavy, heavy boots on a metal grate. And then you see her freeze when she finally hears the mechanical breathing that's behind her. And then the camera is looking over her shoulder, and you can see that it's Darth Vader standing in the background. And he walks forward, jumps down to the platform, kind of does like a superhero landing. And then he basically says, like, you failed me, Inquisitor, and cuts her dead. You have failed me, Inquisitor. Avengers! Run! And she knows, because the whole scene makes sense on why, you know, she was pleading to be avenged. And then you, the Jedi that you're with, um, who is actually a full-fledged Jedi by the time the Order fell, she runs to attack Vader, and he just casually uses the Force to toss her aside. And that's when it's like, oh shit, I'm about to fight Darth Vader for the first time. You've been doing some badass shit this whole game. So it's like, holy fuck, I'm actually going to fight Vader. So the second you rush him, he immediately just blocks every attack and throws you across the room. And then it's you literally having to run for your life away from him the entire time. 
the actual boss fight lasts maybe two seconds because it's just you are nowhere near the same caliber as vader so when you actually start to fight him he just it, like two three blocks from him and then he puts you like in a in a mobilizing pull and you try to defend yourself but it's just completely useless and then the rest of the fight is like kind of like a cutscene because it's you just kind of defending yourself for your life but i've always loved that moment because it's like chilling to finally see vader as the scary villain that we've always heard him to be and this is one of the first times you get to experience it firsthand where it's like oh my god it's him oh my god it's vader run so the so the sister fight is like an actual boss fight and then that is more like a survive experience type thing because it's like you can't beat him yeah exactly i still have to play that one all the way to the end it's totally even just watching the youtube video it's fucking like like and then seeing all the reactions of people not knowing that fight is coming it's completely chilling and just so amazingly well done because it's it gives that um rogue one vader in the hallway feel yeah. mm -hmm. that's like leading up to that vader. point yeah and just seeing him like holy shit because we've seen him in years for in year for years we've seen him in video games and he was never taken truly seriously as an intimidating and scary figure and this time around it's just so chilling to see him just even show up you know like y'all are fucked it's fine i've played a surprisingly few star wars games despite being a star wars fan and like i've never really thought of star wars really doing boss battles I guess that's because my main experience with Star Wars was like the Dark Forces series. Mm -hmm. And I think like the, I mean, I think the last Star Wars game I played was Jedi Outcast, which like you, started to like head in that direction a little bit. You might like fall in order because it's basically, it's Star Wars with the, over the, um, the whole engine is just the Dark Souls engine. Mm, okay. So like, okay. Yeah, there's meditation points that act as bonfires. You rest at them. Everything respawns around you. If you die, you drop like a beacon that you have to reclaim back to get all your XP. Okay. So like, yeah, like the Dark Souls, Metrovania kind of mm -hmm. amalgamation that that genre has become. Yep. And then it's weird to compare it, but that's just the way that they reference it. And it's very Zelda-esque because it has moments where you have to explore an area and then you'll see like a ledge that has like a thing hanging from it, but you can't do anything with it yet. So you have to come back later once you finally get that item. And then now you can grab that like hanging lantern over like certain ledges and it'll like zip line you up after you finally get it. So you have to go back to that point. So you have to keep going back to areas you've already explored to unlock more new areas from within that same place. Hmm. Which makes better use of a sh smaller number of settings of having mm -hmm. them revisited on different levels. Yeah, the new one just that came out, I really liked it a lot. I finally finished and beat it. And it did advance on a lot of the uh, mechanics that the first game didn't have. So, and it very much felt like a Dark Souls game for some points of it, because the boss battles would take me two, three nights of just constantly going in, doing like five minutes of the fight, dying, going back in five minutes and now one second of the fight, then dying. And just ha constantly having to go back and back and back until finally like, oh shit, I finally figured out the boss's pattern or you figured out like your parry timing because it has that same parry system too. Mm. And it um, it is pretty enjoyable if you like the Dark Souls games. Yeah, maybe I would like that then. Because I mean, I, I, I find that something that I usually mm, 
not not get bored with but like i find lacking in like action rpgs is like combat systems or really like action games in general Mm -hmm. um like it was so funny like i I bounced off pretty hard off of like the witcher 3 actually witcher 2 and witcher 3 um because i just couldn't i didn't find the combat super engaging and you know i loved the first witcher game so like it might have just been my proximity to like playing like elden ring where i was like playing a bunch of elden ring and then i went to go play the witcher and it was just like oh man this combat is so boring (laughs) it was like it's like i feel like i'm just used to this super high stakes high action elden ring and then witcher is just like a bit more like it's just lower stakes and not quite as engaging one of the greatest things about this one too it's not like a god losing their powers between games thing because like god of war always did that you become Mm -hmm. the super beast and then like the next game starts and you bonk your head and you have amnesia and you forget everything (laughs) that doesn't happen in this game which is fucking great so you actually continue on having most of the good stuff that you had in the first game without having to relearn it like oh i forgot how to double jump nope we you know how to double jump now it's like metroid it's like in between every game she just like loses all of her weapons and then she finds them again yeah it's like it's like samus what's going on like keep your guns you should know where those are put a chain on it yeah it's like or like um what was the there was a a recent metroid where they finally gave her like lines and she could talk (laughs) it was terrible because like all of a sudden they just destroyed her whole characterization and it's just like you need permission from your commander to use those weapons like why all of a sudden (laughs) she never used to she just had the guns and now now they're like oh no she doesn't have her guns because she's not authorized to use deadly force (laughs) jeez it's so dumb it's like man you went you guys went in the wrong direction with that character there always has to be some convoluted reason on why it's like why don't i have this unlocked it makes so much more sense when it's like oh it's you have to find it but once it becomes a franchise of Mm -hmm. okay you found a rocket launcher five times now yeah it's like i find it in every game why yeah. why did i never keep it it's like well you thought that was gonna be your last job like but it, this one this time is the last job it makes sense in something like halo or something of okay you use up what you have in your gun you drop it because you grab something else and then you start with guns but in something where it's like part of your suit it's kind of weird to be like oh yeah we integrated that technology into your suit and then we deintegrated it after you got back yeah, it's like you you can't transform into a ball anymore. It's like, wait, why? That's just like something my suit does. It's like, nope, <laughs> you gotta find it. You gotta it's find that. Of it. <laughs> we need it in space. We uninstalled it. We uninstalled. Why did you uninstall? I wanted to put Spotify in. <laughs> well, fine, but you know what? I'll tell you where it is. It's on the basement level of like you know fifty feet down off to the right. It's not exactly in an obvious spot, but if you see a glowing, shiny object, that's that's where it is. That's where I put why, it. Why does this random pirate ship have this technology that's specifically for my suit? Does anyone <laughs> else have a suit like this? <laughs> so, yeah. One of the great joys and terrors of game franchises. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mess when you have like a lead character and then in between games, they just get depowered for whatever convoluted reason. As long as we're on that, my other mm-hmm. gripe is games that do the tutorial at the beginning where it's like, oh, get you used to the game by starting you off with like, here is max level, best equipment in the game, all the spells. You do this massive like fight and then all of a sudden it's and then you wake up and you're level one 
welcome to the game. Why do I want to play the game now if I've already experienced all the fun of what I can eventually become? Mm, that's true. So it's interesting that you say that because there is a game that does that in an interesting way. So so Mega Man X. Yep. Mm. At the very beginning of Mega Man X, you don't have all of your powers, but you get saved by uh Zero, right? Zero? Yeah. yeah. Um, who has all of the powers you will get over the course of the game. And like you're fighting a boss and like story reason uh for story reasons you lose the boss fight, and then Zero jumps in and he like has this cool blast and he can do like slide attacks and like all of this stuff. And you're like, wow, you're so cool. And then he like literally tells you, it's like, oh yeah, you'll get these powers too. And you're just like, oh, now I really want to like keep playing. Cause I want to get like these cool things that he can do. Yeah. Which I think that works better. Cause it's not like, we'll give you this and take it away. It's you will still remain as you started, but you see the potential of what you mm -hmm. can work towards. I feel like there's a whole great case study for Mega Man X. Like that is there is, that is like a perfect there's someone, game. Someone made a video documentary explaining on how the beginning of Mega Man X, that intro level, is one of the best video game levels of all time. Yeah, because it tells is, you how to play the game, and it's with and it doesn't tell you how to play the game either, but it fully explains every single mechanic that you need to learn. Like, oh, here's a ledge, but it's just too far away. But then you realize, like, oh, I can wall climb. Or, you know, I can jump and I can I have to shoot people in order to get past this thing. Like it, it makes perfect sense with every step that has to be done. It's beautifully Mastercraft done. Yeah, that is that is a near perfect game. Like mm -hmm. I haven't played much of the Mega Man series, but I've I've played through that game like three or four times. They remade it for PS2, I found out. And it's like all enhanced graphics and stuff. It was cool to play through. Oh, yeah. Same exact game, too. It's not like they changed things. It's it's a 3d port basically so it was really cool to see how they redid some of the uh the looks for everything but it was still exactly the same exact uh game hmm. so my favorite boss pick unfortunately isn't from Mega Man x i kind of wish it was i thought about it that was it wasn't a runner-up for me but i thought like which one should i pick for if can i pick from that one but i that the first one with uh where you lose that fight would have been it but i couldn't yeah I mean, they're they're masterfully done games um, and they're basically boss fight games, um, but like in a similar vein in a game that's basically a boss fight game. Uh, my favorite boss of all time with an asterisk, because there's some caveats, um, is from uh, Demon's Souls on the PlayStation 2, um, which was the very first Souls game way back whenever that came out. Um, and it is, uh, the boss is a Saint Astrea. Um, if for no other reason, then it's so goddamn sad. <laughs> uh, now Dark Souls had this really interesting, uh, layout to it and how it structures its bosses. Um, because in Dark Souls, there are, uh, different areas. I think there's four, like four major zones. I might be, I might be off. It might be five. Um, but it has these major zones and each major zone, it's divided into three parts and each part has a boss at the end. And the way that it's structured is that the first two bosses are like classic Souls game bosses. They're just like hard, like mechanically interesting, like bang your head against the wall for like a couple hours trying to figure it out. 
But what I love that they did is that the third boss in each zone was just a pure story boss. Where it was like, this boss is not going to be that hard. It's like, not, I mean, some of them weren't, some of them were just easy. It was just like, oh, okay, this is it. Cool. Um, and my favorite was the, uh, was San Estrella, which was the third boss of the kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the zone, but like of the, um, like swamp area for, for demon souls. Uh, and what made, uh, San Estrella so cool to me was it just had this, like such a sad story. Uh, now to kind of just like give the, the, the fast version of the story is that in Dark Souls, the main boss of each zone possessed like a fragment of a demon's soul, hence the name. Uh, and that soul gave them like tons of magic power. And eventually over time, it would corrupt them and turn them into like a big evil demon. Uh, the exception to that was Saint Estrella, uh, who was like a holy cleric of one of the orders in Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Uh, and so she resisted the corruption of the soul, but still had it. And so what she did is she went down to this kind of like blight, like blight town, blightburg area, and was using her power to help the people who were kind of like cast aside, diseased, forgotten about. Uh, and she lived there as a saint among them, like healing them and helping them and trying to help them live a more prosperous life. The only problem was is that the side effects of her having this demon soul was kind of corrupting things around her as well. And as the main character, you have to possess all of the demon souls that, so that you can have enough power to fight the final, final boss. And so when you finally get to St. Estrella, she's, she's just this lady just sitting there. Like, she's, she's not like this huge demonic boss. She's not like crazy armor, tons of weapons with all of Dark these souls ads be doing stuff. that. I hate it how they do that. It's like, ooh, this bitch. And then she's the one that's killing you for like the next three weeks. Yeah, and she's she's just she's just all she's all dressed in white. She's like sitting off to the side in a cave and she's just sitting there and you're like, okay, and she has like all of these worshippers up on the hill near her and you're you're walking down and like all of a sudden you hear you hear like a male voice and you realize like, oh okay, so like I guess this, something's going to happen. And so you're just approached by just a regular knight, just a regular regular guy named Garo Vinland. And he's St. Estrella's protector. And as you're approaching, you're coming down this narrow walkway. And his dialogue is just like, hey, you don't have to do this. We're not hurting anyone. We're not doing anything wrong. If you just leave, it's fine. Everything will be forgotten. You go your way. We'll go our way. That's it. You will not turn back, will you? I shall let no harm come to dearest Destroyer. May you rot in the deepest depths of this swamp. How dare you persist in intruding upon our haven. You abandoned us long ago. What right do you have? We live humble lives. And then you're presented with the option. Like, her knight isn't aggroed to you. You can just you could just leave. But your character to progress needs her soul. And so it's up to you to attack Garl Vinland because he's blocking your path. 
And so as soon as you attack him, he'll he'll aggro to you and then the fight starts. Now you can avoid him. There's like a way that you can kind of get around him. Uh and you can attack her directly. Um but like that's not really how it's supposed to happen. It's kind of like glitchy. Um but so you go and you fight Garl Vinland and he's just like a mob basically. He's just like a regular guy. He's not any better than you really. And you have this fight and you kill Garl Gar uh you kill Garl. And then you go down the hill and you come up to San Estrella and you can either attack her and kill her or you can talk to her. And you talk to her and, you know, she says like, oh, I forgive you for killing Garl. Like, I understand. Like, and it's just this whole like this whole moment of like this person who's just trying to do what's right. And you you're on this other path that just happens to like go against what they're doing. And so either you can kill her and take her soul, or if you walk away and leave the zone and zone out, you then hear like a death sound from her because she kills herself and leaves the soul for you. And it is just the saddest thing. <laughs> from Software knows how to do this type of stuff. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm like, as you're describing it, I'm watching the YouTube video. And it's just like no damage playthrough, and the guy just parries the Garl guy mm-hmm. the whole time. But it was like really, I love games that indirectly give you a choice like that. Yeah, it's just it's just so funny. He just like the dialogue. It's just such simple dialogue. It's just like, hey, just just go away. If you go away, it'll be fine. And you're like, but in the back of your head as a player, you're like, I I, I can't I can't progress unless I do this. And so it's like it's like an illusionary choice, but it's still it's still there. I mean, when I got to that part and he's like, you can just walk away. I never returned to Demon Souls. <laughs> I was like, you're right. I mean, I love that they they kind of revisited that idea in Dark Souls with the, the final boss of the painted world. Where it's like yeah. you find her and you and she's just like, you know, our people are just we're just living our own lives. You can leave. And in that one, you can, because she's completely optional. Um, yeah, but that fucking boss was the one I was talking about that you're at it for another, like, three freaking weeks. Yeah, that she's, one. She's hard. Yeah, she was. When I you make that decision, you, you, you're stuck with that. Um, oh. But I liked, I liked the, the, the small differences with St. Estrella is that, like, I don't know, it, like, it, when I played it, it really hit me and, like, oh, I have a choice, but, like, I don't because I have to do this thing. And like, even though that thing is wrong in this instance, like technically it's the right thing to do. It's just like, uh, it, it was just great. And a lot of the final bosses of the zones and demon souls is like that, where it, it, it like has enough story built into it that it, it like really builds the lore of the game in ways that I, I don't think dark souls or dark souls two did. I mean, even dark souls three in some ways. I'm now playing through um, on PS5 Demon Souls. They're like the mm-hmm. updated remaster. And I haven't gotten back to that part yet. But now I'm I'm interested to see that just because I, I don't think I've ever... When the first game came out, I remember playing it and liking it. And I think it was at that point in my life too difficult. And I just gave up after a while. Yeah, I mean, when Demon Souls came out, there was nothing like it. Yeah. And, like, that game had some jank. Some hard jank. 
um, in terms of like its systems and its bugs and like certain mechanics just didn't work or like were really weird. And I mean, there's there's stories about how that game was was trashed mid-production before being picked back up and like tried to salvage. So like there there wasn't supposedly there wasn't a lot of resources put into fixing it. It was just like, a, oh, we have this like half finished game that like I guess we could move out. And now it's like this great franchise of demons, three dark souls, Elden Ring, all from FromSoft. Ghost of Tsushima was really great too, from what I heard. Yeah, I like it. Wait, which one was that? Uh Ghosts or Ghost of uh, Shoes. Oh my god, I this happened on another episode. <laughs> sh- sh- Ghost, mm. Ghost of Tsushima. Sh- Thank you. I don't oh, okay. know why my brain just stops on that. It's just funny that like the the publisher at that time that was known for making Armored Core was just like and also this super dark action rope uh, action adventure game. Hey, they have a new Armored Core coming out. They returned. I know. The I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Love that series. Because didn't they originally? The Armored Core was the one who had the giant rig back on Xbox or something? Or is that Steel Battalion? That's Steel Battalion. Bring that back. And you know, I'm saying that like uh, FromSoft was known for making Armored... Well, I guess they were uh, known for making Armored Core, but like the Dark Souls and Demon Souls, like that series was way... was has been around way, way longer than just Demon Souls. Um, because I'm thinking they had... They had, I believe FromSoft had two games, um, like way back in like the beginning of their development. I can't remember the second one, but the first one was called Kingsfield and it was a first person dungeon crawler. Um, and that one had a lot of the, the like beginnings of the souls like mechanics with like the ultra hard combat and like. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember more in depth of it. It's a very very long time ago since I've played uh, Kingsfield, um, but like I feel I mean you can definitely say that Kingsfield was basically like the first Souls game. It just wasn't nearly as popular. And also like Kingsfield came out. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Ah, uh, ninety four. Like, yeah, like way 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 before anything like a, a Dark Souls or Demon Souls could even be thought of being produced. I have never heard of Kingsfield, and I'm kind of interested in, like, I'm not going to break out a, a PlayStation original. <laughs> but I'm... I mean, maybe, I mean, it's it's all of the difficulty and frustration of, like, Demons or Dark Souls, but in a first-person game. Like, with with that kind of, you know, early 90s dungeon-crawling mechanics. They're cool, and especially if you're a fan of, like, the Soul series, it might be worth it, because, like, even just as like historical context, you can see, you can see where the Soul series came from, like mechanically, which is you know it, it can be cool if that's if you're into like that kind of video game historian kind of stuff. I never realized From Software also did a Spriggan game. I did not know that Spriggan Lunar Verse. Evidently, it predated Devil May Cry and Ninja Gaiden, and um, it was just like a third-person action game with characters mm. from Spriggan. Um, the more you know. So I find it interesting as far as our three picks, you guys both went because of the the storyline, the emotional effect, and mine was just the punching was real nice in that last fight. <laughs> the punches felt good, yo. I felt like I felt like I had to go with like an emotional tie boss or like story heavy, because like I feel like if I'm saying like the best boss, 
Like, I, I mean, I, could. My, I hated every single one of them. <laughs> my my runner up was was, well, my runner up was nostalgia, really. Um, <laughs> the, the final like, boss of our thirties, nostalgia. <laughs> it was just like it was like I want to pick this boss because nost- like nostalgia reasons. It was my favorite ever, and I was just like, ah, that's not a good enough reason. What was it? My runner-up boss was the Shade of Oran. Uh, yeah. From, <laughs> from the raid Karazhan in World of Warcraft. That, um, was, that was a really fun fight. I really enjoyed it. Well, I played a rogue, so of course the fight would be really fun for me because that's like that's the rogue fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was a paladin tank, and most of the time they kicked me out for that fight because tanks didn't have a function in it. But I just love that fight for like the nostalgia of like doing that fight over and over and over again and like the memes that came out of like don't move during the frame flame wreath attack because if you move <laughs> the entire raid dies and you have to reset and then it's like another hour and a half uh to do this fight and just like the goofing around and like the camaraderie around i mean that fight specifically but in you know an mmo or world of warcraft like you you build so many memories around those fights and like while there's probably a bunch i could have picked in world of warcraft for that like shade of ron really like pinpoints it for me with like the heyday of of raiding and wow i think so too same thing with um i think ilhuf the one afterward because mm-hmm. all of our warlocks went fucking crazy because of all the different demons that were spawned during that fight so that was a really good one yeah so like not a great boss fight in like a traditional sense but like created events that were like really fun now mine was a brawling thing similar to tim's and it was the uh final boss in metal gear solid 4 where you fight liquid ocelot like it's just a fist fight but the way that the fight progresses and then you change from like fighting liquid ocelot and then he mimics the way that he used to fight in past games and it gives the whole game is just like nostalgic flashbacks and it's exactly what it's giving you each time he changes his phase and you're beating the shit out of each other with just fisticuffs there's nothing special there's nothing crazy else going on it's just your mitts and by the end of the fight, you're like exhausted and throwing like, you know, you're just whiffing every punch because you both are past the point of exhaustion. But it I was honestly, a really cool fight. When, when you said that, like your favorite boss pick was a brawl, I literally thought that you were going to say, uh, I, I'm going to say his name wrong, but like Duragon from the bouncer, the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> Which I briefly, I briefly considered from from that old, that old nineteen ninety two um, brawler, uh, like I don't even know what to call it, but but like a beat, like a beat 'em up that like yep. no one has ever ever heard of, but was amazing. I downloaded it. Oh, it's so good. So I don't have good. a good pc controller it's the only reason why i haven't played it yet but i got it working and it started running i'm like cool plug in the controller i thought would work it didn't i'm like all right well there there goes that oh that's like that's like one of those those gem games uh similar to to tim's breakdown the, i think that was ours yeah the one that i thought might be on your list david was god rugel in capcom mm. vs smk2 mark of the millennium because I remember taking that game and our PS2 on vacation when we went up to the, the Adirondack Mountains and we stayed at a lake house with my grandparents as a kid. And we connected it to this tube TV and we played it and we unlocked 
the fight against him. And this was at a point where there wasn't really an easy way for us to find out how we unlocked like the fight with him because it wasn't every time you have to do certain things. But we can continually just keep fighting him and losing and restarting as long as we don't shut the game off. So my brother and I, it was like a three-on-one fight of us passing the controller back and forth, fighting God Rugal and just dying from morning to night on this game, and then just leaving the system running, shut the TV off, and then we would get up the next day and continue trying to beat him until we finally beat him and unlocked him, and then it felt like we've completed Capcom versus SNK2. <laughs> oh, that's a phenomenal fighting game. If probably, they, probably my favorite. If they release like an arcade cabinet that's easily accessible rather than having to like pay thousands for an original, I would 100% just have Capcom versus SNK2. I mean, you could make one, right? I could. I could do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, I guess it would be easier just to buy one. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe someday when I have a house with a spot for it maybe i'll just take mm -hmm. that project on of doing like i don't know raspberry pi or something and connecting in Capcom i'm sure I, I'm, su I'm, I'm surprised there aren't more like etsy create creators who like create setups for arcade cabinets and then it's just like a drop-in thing yeah exactly oh there might they be have a marvel versus capcom gaming table Why, for 6.99 Capcom vs. SNK arcade cabinet, excellent condition, rare. That one is expensive, $3,800 on eBay. Of course, it's There's rare. another original one, Impress arcade cabinet for JAMA. That one's $2,500. Capcom I had to pick Street a rare Fighter one, didn't 2, we? <laughs> SMK Marvel vs. SX or MVSX home arcade with custom riser, Neo Geo. 575 yeah i don't oh, think there's don't... any way i get this le like under three grand yeah and plus then it's like what quality is it going to be and even if it's like it's excellent it's excellent for being 20 something years old or is it excellent like in itself i mean it's as excellent as a crt in a wooden box <laughs> hook, 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 hooked up to a circuit board can be <laughs> so it's scary seeing those documentaries about like classic arcade games and then like the people that are collectors and repairing them and all that crap. And then when you see them open it up and just see what's actually inside, it's, it's a technological nightmare. I'm amazed all that plastic crap actually still works after all these years. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a mess. I remember listening to a couple of podcasts about um, some, I can't remember. Oh, I think it was in a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cabinet. And like one of, something had died on one of the, um, uh, the control pads. And like literally fixing it, they were talking about like doing the electrical work for it. And like literally you could just die. Like you could just so horribly electrocute yourself trying to fix it because of like <laughs> how badly these things were wired that it's just like probably not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I could get an emulator online. I mean, it's close. I don't know. The only problem is like emulators always have terrible controller support. Oh, yeah. Yeah, plus, like, I want to stand at a cabinet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it makes a whole difference. I mean, no one would really play that Marvel, uh, the X-Men side-scrolling beat-em-up if it wasn't on, like, a six-player cabinet. Well, I remember when they finally released it where you can get it on, like, Xbox Arcade and 
we got together and we started playing and it was like yeah it's not the same yeah i remember i remember we like we we like booked an entire afternoon to be like all right we're finally gonna do it we're finally gonna beat this game and it was like 45 minutes yeah <laughs> it was just like oh all right i guess we'll do something else now i well, guess you, you really power through it when you're not limited by money yeah i mean you you have to I mean, that applies when... to anything really i guess <laughs> <laughs> it's like when money is no option you can do anything apparently wow i can race cars wow i can go to space i can accomplish see, anything the, with a paycheck see this is the real thing the marvel uh the x-men beat em up really taught us taught us about the relationship between time and money <laughs> so on that note i think that's a good moral of the story to go on. <laughs> money solves all problems and it replaces your valuable time. Isn't that the, the whole pay-to-win philosophy oh, true. of that argument? <laughs> That's why those games used to be so difficult back then. When you see like how far you have to go and, or how much money you have to spend in order to see that final boss in the arcade, it's just ridiculous, man. Oh, no, and those mechanics are bullshit. Like, yeah. to, in the, the X-Men one, to do your super ability, right? It costs health to do your super. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one step away from just asking you to insert a quarter to use your super every time. It's it's just like either like then you have to think about like the cost trade, right? It's like, oh, it, will I take more damage not using my super or using my super? It's like, I don't really know, but I guess I, I'm going to use it. Hey, <laughs> actually, for kids, it immediately teaches you cost benefit analysis. <laughs> kids breaking out excel spreadsheets and doing swing <laughs> graphs i see in data do we do this hold on that's uh, about a 33.3 percent chance repeating of course that uh that's a good idea right now well it's better than what we usually do so that wraps up a new episode of rule of thirds memorable boss fights as always you can reach us at instagram twitter and facebook at screen refresh or shoot an email at screen refresh at gmail.com to let us know what your top three would be or any topics you'd like to hear us discuss also, we have a Discord. Come on over and chat with us and get behind-the-scenes tidbits on your favorite episodes. David, would you like to tell our listeners what you have going on over at The Screaming Brain? Yeah, so over at The Screaming Brain, we are a, uh, a small board and card game publisher specializing in co-op, brain, co-op games that will make your brain scream. So if you like challenging co-op games, things that you can get in front of you and your friends and kind of scratch your head thinking about, uh, you can come see us over at uh, TikTok uh, at The Screaming Brain. On Instagram, we are the period screaming period brain. Uh, and you come check out and uh, see what new games we're working on. David, always a pleasure. It was a lot of fun, Timothy. I uh, I like the opportunity to come on and, and talk about game stuff. So that means next time we're going to do our uh, Let Them Fight, the Screen Refresh Kaiju cast, where we just announce characters and you say yes or no if Godzilla can beat them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. And so for Tim and David, this is Nick. You have a great week now and you can catch us next time on Screen Refresh, the first Monday of the month.